Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. Oh! LeBron James with no regard for human life! I know the leagues. I know the teams. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. Look, there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't play drunk. No, actually, there is. Now a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone! That is a touchdown! Hot route! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! You are now listening to the Fantasy Sports Book. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Fantasy Sports Book, episode 3. Uh, I am your host, Corey Nelson. I am Joan, joined with by my co-host, Brandon Squirrel Sap, on a snowy Thursday in Colorado in the middle of <laughs> April, which is weird. Um, Florida boy, Brandon, how do you feel about all this snow in April? Is it uh, messing with your head a little bit? Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, yeah, it is, um, especially because the sun, I'm staring outside, it's the sun, the sun's out, and um, it's still snowing, so it's 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 a whole new feeling for me, it's a whole new uh, lifestyle change, and I'm used to 95 degrees right now, it's it's actually like, it's actually my mom texted me earlier, it said it's like 92 in Florida, and it's sunny and breezy, and that's what I'm used to in my life, but walking around, all the snow hit my face and it hit my head, it's a, it's a different lifestyle, but I'm I'm actually liking it. Yeah, when uh, when it snows like this, do you tend to try to not go outside because you're just uh, you know trying to stay away from the snow, or uh, you want to go out there and brave the elements? No, actually, uh, me and my wife, we actually like getting out in the snow. We like uh, hit, taking the uh, taking a tube and hitting a hitting a hill or two, you know. So, oh, you go sledding? Uh, not tubing. Really. Yeah, tubing, sledding. Yeah, tubing, yeah. From from Florida, we call it tubing. You know. Oh, okay. And, yeah, we don't have we don't have any. <laughs> it's been. I don't know, 20 years since it snowed in Florida, so it's been a long time for me. Um, but, yeah, we, we go a little tubing sometimes. We we go on some hikes, and we try to get out and live the elements. What's what's the, the most town. snow you've ever seen? Um, actually, this is this funny you say that. Literally, my first day that I drove into Colorado here, October 11th, I'll never forget it, uh, was my first day here in Colorado. It was a record low temperature for the day of the year and it was a record high on the snow it was like six to seven inches they got in those last two days somewhere in mid on mid-october and man it was my the next morning at the hotel that we stayed in for the night my car was covered in snow and i was just not ready for this i had to get it off my hands because i didn't have any i didn't have a brush or anything like that i, I have it now thank god but no, it was it was pretty rough. I was using my I was using my stuff that I had, you know, uh, from my car just to try to get it out. But it was it was a good experience. But I, I think that was actually probably the most snow I've ever seen. Yeah, right, so far. It's always About funny. Sixth. It's always funny to me to like hear stories like that or people that weren't ready for the snow and they're like, they woke up no. and there's half a foot a foot on my car and I don't know how to get it off and I had mm-hmm. uh, we had a guy move to 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 here to work for us and same thing at the first time it snowed he didn't have an ice scraper his window uh was frozen over he was out there with a credit card like trying to remove the ice and remove it (laughs) off the windows and stuff so you know it's definitely a different world you know if you're not used to it and coming into it i mean uh you know i can remember uh opening day uh for the rockies in april 
about this time where it was like this snowing and it was 30 degrees and people were giving their tickets away because they didn't want to go and wait out or be out in the field watching the baseball game in this weather so um, I love it but it's definitely weird it was what like 70 degrees this week earlier yeah well it was it yesterday or yesterday just the day before yeah it was about 70 almost 70 degrees and it's just I, there's a saying they have in Colorado that I've learned. If you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah. See, that doesn't happen in Florida. You can wait 10 minutes and it's still going to be 95 <laughs> degrees and it doesn't change. I remember, um, two Christmases ago, I was in, uh, I was, it was 98 degrees outside and I was swimming in my pool on Christmas day. You know, I've always wanted a white Christmas. You know, that's, that's what you think when you think Christmas, snowy white Christmas. And right. I've never had, I've never had one. So. Wow, crazy! It's coming. It's it's coming it's, soon. It's, it's com- coming. Coming soon. Yep. To the to the Sap family. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, <sighs> let's get into some uh, uh, news headlines, stuff like that. What's happening in the world of sports? Ooh, what you got today? All right, so. Uh, first headline we got, um, this, I put this one as the first cause it kind of, uh, made me mad, but two days ago, Jay Glazer talked about how he had some big news to break. It was going to be earth shattering news. So everybody was waiting for that. So he waited a whole 24 hours, went on, sh- on TV, uh, some NFL show on Fox. And then the news that he broke was that an NFL player tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, the Rams, Brian Allen, uh, Twitter last night after I got out of class was not happy with that. I'm pretty mad that that was the big breaking news that he sat on a, on a day for. He basically sat there for a day. So, but that is some news to know. You know, it's going around everywhere still. So, but I don't think it was as big as he made it. So, kind of mad at Jay Glazer right now. Yeah, I um, I can't believe uh, they would have held that out for that long and just to just to you know, put it out to America like that was a pretty, it was pretty rough the way they did that. Just to so, get some ratings. So just to get, just to, just to get a few more ratings when nobody, everybody understands nobody's getting ratings right now. And it's for a good reason. Why, what, what is your team going to get more out of this? Just because, you know, you, you, you announced that, Oh, Hey, well, one of our guys has, you know, positive for the coronavirus. It's yeah. It's not really like big it's, news anymore. It's crap. All right, so next up, uh, this happened earlier in the week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, four-year, $64 million contract. I think he's the highest-paid running back in the league. Oh, Um, he absolutely should be. He absolutely should be. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Yeah, he still had a few years on his contract there. And uh, I think, what, two years? What do you have left? Two years on his contract? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I know he deserves every penny he got. Probably should have got more because that's only – looking at that, that's only about $18 million a year. That's not, he, he didn't even get $20 million a year. So. I mean, I mean $18 probably, million, though. 15, I mean, that, no, that's like, – what does that break down? $15 million? That's only $15 million a year. I can't, and, do, I can't and, do math, but I know he's the highest paid running back, and he definitely deserves it, you know. Yeah, he, he, yeah he's, he, he, he definitely deserves to be the highest paid running back in that league. I know he's, I know he's been dealt a shitty hand. A crappy hand, excuse me, um, and playing for the Panthers and now losing his quarterback and just not having any help on the offense. Um, and he is the offense. He's everything they have. So 
he de- he deserves every penny he gets because he does everything for one team, and I can't say there's anybody else in the league that I could depend on in, in such a way. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I actually broke that down. It comes out to $16 million a year. There you go. So, I mean, that's still pretty good for running back. Very good for running back. Uh, and finally, some more jersey news. Uh, the Cleveland Browns redid their jerseys a bit, and the Colts came out with a uh, secondary yes, we logo. Did. Yes, we did. Have you seen that thing? Yeah, it looks like kind of weird. I don't know. It looks weird. Uh, uh, well, it's just you've seen that the, the state of Indiana is inside the inside the sea there, and I, I think it's it's a, it's a sweet little secondary logo. They threw it on the, on the side of their uh, side patch of their jersey there on the shoulder, and it looks. I think it looks killer because that's just my team, so. Uh, I'm a little biased on that one. Yeah, I think. But yeah, uh, go ahead. I think uh, you know every new logo is going to look weird at first. You know, obviously, got to give it some time to grow on. So we'll see. Got to let, let it grow on everybody. And those Cleveland jerseys, they look no different. So I think I'm sure they spent a, spent a crap load of money on jerseys that don't look too different than what they have. Yeah, I think they changed up a couple of the um, uh, shadowing elements and removed some of the words. I think, or somebody think said that on they, Twitter, but. Um, they put an extra stripe on there, like on the on the shoulder there. They used a three or four stripe, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they kept it classic. They didn't do anything crazy, which nowadays you're doing stuff crazy and you're going to get roasted or you're going to get hated on. So they kind of kept it simple, which, I mean, they made it seem like a much bigger deal and the jerseys kind of do look the same. So Yeah. Uh, I think that's about all we got for news today. Um, let's awesome. go right into uh, a new segment. This is going to be, I changed the name just five minutes ago, but it's going to be uh, Corey's Future Bets. Corey's Future Bets. So let's get into that. Oh, instead of the uh, the rock hard props, what happened to that? Well, it's not really a proposition bet. I couldn't find any proposition bets, so I changed it to the Future's Bets. But anyway, it still works. So gamblers uh, across the world still need things to bet on, and they're betting on everything that they can. I did some research and found that betonline.ag, I believe, yes, is doing a quarantine challenge, and it is an eating competition. So... On YouTube, they're going to broadcast all these competitive eaters eating, and they're going to do a bracket-style challenge of them eating certain types of food and basically doing it off of how fast they can do it, uh, going all the way down to the championship uh, round. So tomorrow, Friday, 4-17, uh, or if you're listening to this now today, two pounds of bologna. Bologna? I don't know why I said bologna. Bologna. Two pounds of Bologna is the first round. So, based on this, we have uh, a few, or a, we actually do have a prop bet. Prop bet on the fastest time to complete round one to eat two pounds of Bologna under over 69 seconds. Uh, two the, pounds of Bologna. Yeah, two pounds of Bologna under over 69 seconds. The under is minus 180, and the over 69 seconds is plus 150. I would probably go with the under. That's definitely a, two pounds of bologna under under sixty nine seconds. Yeah, that's like absolutely. Uh, that's you like can put me down for you can put me down for a hundred dollars for that. A hundred bucks. I'm, okay. I'm good for that. So that's a. Uh, you said I'm at plus what? Plus one? No, that's that's minus one eighty for under sixty nine. Minus one eighty for the 
oh boy, I'm looking at a good refund on this one. Yeah, I mean, not a, you, you know, you take what. that $1,200 stimulus check, bet it all on the under 69, get some money back. Then they well, also have I, some, they also have some winner pro, or futures. So that was the future thing. So uh, Joey Chestnut, he's minus 110 to win the entire competition, which he is basically oh. the grandmaster, the champion. Uh, yeah, as of Mr. late, Mr. Nathan's, Mr. Nathan's hot dogs. Yeah, he wins everything, and then we have some other names that I haven't been in the competitive eating circuit for a while. So they got the, they got the Chinese guy there, here, the Korean guy there, Hiroshi. Uh, who else is on there? Okay, um, so here's the other names we got. We got Darren Breeden, Matt Stoney, Gideon OG, Mickey Sudo, Michelle Lesko, Nick Weary, and Eric Booker. I've never heard of any of those guys, but I, like I said, I haven't been in the circuit for a while. So, smart money's on Joey Chestnut. I'd be putting my money on Joey Chestnut. I mean, yeah. if we're gonna go through and look, so basically, it's two pounds of bologna, uh, forty-eight Oreos, and a half gallon of milk is round two. <laughs> round three is wow. one point five gallons of baked beans. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And then the championship round is 10 chicken uh, noodle cups, cup of noodles, chicken flavored. Ew. Yeah. So it's kind of funny, kind of weird. Um, Matt Stoney, he looks familiar. I'm looking at a picture of him. He's the second best odds at plus four or plus 400. Yeah. So I don't know, man. You put your money on Joey Chestnut and you're feeling good about that. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So that's what we got for our, uh, our bets. What do you think? Uh, Joey Chestnut's pretty much the only guy I know on that list, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna have to run with a hundred bucks on that first bet there. That he could, uh, he could definitely down. Um, uh, what was it? What well, was it they were eating the first round? Bologna, two pounds of bologna. Bologna, two pounds of bologna in sixty nine seconds. That's a lot I'm of bologna. Yeah, I think Joey. Well, he's used to eating those Nathan hot dogs, and that's pretty much kind of about the same deal there. So I think uh, I think he's gonna be able to tackle that one. And then, what did you say, 49 cookies? 49 Oreo cookies? It is uh, 48 and a half gallon of milk. So that's going to be 40? tricky. No, no, yeah. Because I'll eating be all those cookies and chugging half a gallon of milk, like there's some uh, definitely some throw-up well, potential. Well, there's definitely going to be some throwing up in it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. There's going to be a lot of throwing up in it. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, so if you want to watch that, it's on YouTube. Uh, it is the uh, Major League Eating channel on YouTube. So if you want to watch that tomorrow <laughs> or today on Friday, it starts. I'm not sure uh, what time. It doesn't say. But should be interesting. So that is our our little gambling segment. I'm going to go into last week's poll question. So last week we asked if you had to start an NFL franchise with one of these QBs, which would it be? Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, or Lamar Jackson? I believe I, I just, was. I, Go ahead. I just want to say I love this question, Corey. I love this question. It was a, uh, it was very, it was a very good poll question from last week, and I hope, uh, I hope uh, these people voted the right way. Yeah, I hope so too. So, like I said last week, I'm going to go on record. You can check the recording. I said Patrick Mahomes would probably win, but I picked Deshaun Watson. I believe you picked Lamar Jackson. Is that correct? I did absolutely, I absolutely did. Yeah. So, drum roll, please. Coming in at yeah, there you go. Coming in at third, Lamar Jackson with fifteen percent. Ouch. Wow. Uh, coming that is in. Heartbreaking. Yeah, that's horrible, huh? Coming in at second with nineteen percent is Deshaun Watson. 
And finally, like I said, 66% of voters picked Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a talk with um with these people on Twitter. Yeah, t- um, take it to Twitter and and, and yeah, get gonna, after them. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out where where America's heading here. Because I am, as you as you so kindly put it, in love with the option quarterbacks, and I can't believe this has gone this 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 way. Even Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm, I, I, my pick is last. Like. I'm not supposed to be in last in any type of deal here, and I can't believe this. I can't believe that 66% of all these voters went with Patrick Mahomes. I can see why. I can I can see why everybody's in love with Patrick Mahomes. And we discussed this. We did discuss that last week. Everybody was in love with Patrick Mahomes, and this would probably go this way. And it, we were right, but I think we both have a viable reason for why we picked on who we picked. And... I am disappointed. I just want to keep saying that I'm very disappointed about how America voted here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okie doke. Well, I think we're going to head on over to the NFL uh, segment of the show. Squirrel, take it away. Oh, here we go. So, how are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Um, I am Squirrel, your co-host, and I am taking over the NFL segment uh, from for this week. Um, our first point that uh, I want to get to, I wanted to talk about a lot of NFL wide receivers, and I wanted to dig into that now. We can think of things that, that are going to be different this year with the NFL wide receivers and how the draft is going to impact teams on the way their offenses are going to be run. First, I want to I ask you, Corey, who do you think? was the most impactful NFL wide receiver move this offseason so far. Now, before you answer, I want you to really think about them all. You got DeAndre Hopkins. He moved to Arizona in a horrendous trade that I believe happened with Houston not wanting to give him enough money. And you got Stephon Diggs. You got... You got a bunch of wide receivers that have made some moves. So I want to know who do you think was most impactful and why? Yeah, uh, most impactful move this offseason so far is Tarzay Sharp going to Minnesota. Just kidding. That was not serious. <laughs> I, I, was, I was about to say, I hope to Jesus that was not. Oh, my God. No, definitely for me, I think Don, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it gives uh, Kyler Murray another. Uh, weapon to throw it to uh, Arizona is going to have some firepower now to compete in the NFC West. Uh, he's going to be a be a target machine out there. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is definitely on the downhill. Christian Kirk is more of a deep threat, big play kind of guy. So DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is going to fill in pretty good in Arizona. Uh, so I'm gonna have to go with that being the biggest. That's the biggest uh, impactful move for wide receiver, I think. What about you? I think I think uh, I think you hit it hit it pretty good there. He is going to be a big big destruction in Arizona. There, he's gonna be he's gonna make a lot of big impact moves and and plays. But I am gonna go in a different direction here, and I believe uh, I hinted to it just a few minutes ago. But I would like. I think that Stephon Diggs is going to be actually one of the biggest impactful wide receivers that has made a move in this offseason because 
yes, DeAndre Hopkins is is a better wide receiver, I believe in 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 that aspect. But as an impact, I believe that Stephon Diggs in that offense now is the key piece that they need to take that team to the top. And Josh Allen there is is tremendous talent. Their defense is tremendous. They're young. They're fast. They're quick. And now that they've added that elite wide receiver to that that offense, Josh Allen has a deep ball and and an extra, you know, weapon that is really going to make a difference for them. Now that New England pretty much is, I think, is not going to be a, a competitor in the AFC uh, East. You know if. If Josh Allen's can Josh Allen can become a little bit more accurate with the ball and better at passing, then I could see definitely being it being Stephon Diggs. But right now, with the way that Josh Allen kind of was last year, uh, you know, I'm gonna stick with my DeAndre Hopkins answer. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I I am not I'm not disagreeing with you there. I absolutely um, think DeAndre Hopkins is gonna be a great impact for Arizona, and that's a very good very good decision. And I love it. So let's move on to um, another point that I really wanted to get onto. Who do you think, and I'll let you jump in on this, who do you think will be the NFL leader in touchdowns and yards this next season as opposed to last season? And as we know, Michael Thomas was the leader in touchdowns, yards, and receptions as nobody was even close to him on pretty close to any of those lists what are your thoughts on that yeah I think you know I don't see a way where Michael Thomas isn't close to number one or number one next year I mean he's gonna get another year with Drew Brees they added Emmanuel Sanders sure but he's gonna be playing second fiddle they still have Jared Cook uh, Alvin Kamara they still basically have most of the same team except for Emmanuel Sanders so it's not I don't see Emmanuel Sanders taking too much from Michael Thomas you know Michael Thomas is good for 10 catches, 100 yards every game, uh, more than that if necessary, and at least you know a touchdown or two or three here or there if he misses a week. So I just don't see any way that he regresses. You know, he's he's built up, built up, built up. He gets Drew Brees for one more year. He's not uh, the type of wide receiver who's win- running uh, deep routes, long far routes and Drew Brees has to hit him in stride deep down the field. You know, he's running those 10 yard outs, 10 yard ins, curl routes, uh, slant stuff like that, uh, that Drew Brees can hit. So that's kind of where I'm going with Michael Thomas. He is my favorite player, uh, as right now, uh, my keeper in my fantasy leagues. I have a Michael Thomas t-shirt Jersey cause I'm a closet Saints fan. So that's my guy, Michael Thomas. So I'm going to go with him. He's, uh, he's absolutely, absolutely. Number one, uh, Number one wide wide receiver fantasy pick, absolutely. I would uh, I would agree with that. Um, okay, I I I do agree with you on the uh, on Michael Thomas pick. Um, however, I am going to disagree with you. Um, the leader next year will be DeAndre Hopkins in touchdowns and yards. The reason being is now DeAndre Hopkins came from a team that. He was pretty. He, he's he's number one wide receiver everywhere he's been so far, and he's only been one team. Just throw that out there. He had 104 catches last year, 1,100 yards and uh, seven TDs. Was seven TDs at, at 11 yards a catch. Now, that's still with 
he had three other elite wide receivers on that on that roster to throw to. Now going to another roster in which I think they pass even more than Houston because Houston does incorporate the run game a good bit. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to get back to his a little bit higher elite level where he's at 120, 115 catches, you know what I'm saying, at 15, 1,600 yards where he should be. And, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 touchdowns where he should be at that back to the elite level at number one with Michael Thomas. And I believe that this move for him this year with the quarterback that he has and the offense that he at, at Cliff Kingsbury runs, I think he's going to blow – blow it back you know he's going to get back to the level that he needs to be and that's where i disagree with you but i do agree with you i believe it's going to be a fight for number one and number two really these these two are going to be number one number two and no matter how in in every wide receiver category you're gonna find so yeah i but moving uh, on i uh, go ahead. i don't see yeah i mean it's definitely gonna be a battle for sure i could see that for sure that they're both kind of battling yeah, between you, one and two what are your what are your thoughts let me hear your thoughts on the uh, on the deandre hopkins move over to arizona what what, what 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 impact do you think he's gonna really really do over there i mean it's just gonna help like you said Clint, uh kingsbury's offense you know he's usually running spread four wide receivers so now they got larry fitzgerald right. him Absolutely. and christian kirk mm-hmm. and then they have uh, yep. Andy Isabella, and they got Hakeem Butler, they got some other people that are younger there too. So, yep. I mean, they're going to have options. They're going to have guys that they can, you know, plug in and out. And it's going to be hard for a defense to cover all three of those guys, you know, add in yeah. those other twos coming on. So that'll be interesting to see. Kirk you know? is going to be a great top wide receiver one of these days. He's, he's very, he's really developing. Into yeah, a great definitely. NFL wide receiver, I believe. I so. agree too. Yeah, I think you're. On, I, th- I think you're. Uh, I think you're right there. I think um, that offense that they do run is going to be pretty destructive next year. As long as that defense can hold up, I think they're going to do pretty well out there. Yeah, and, uh, and might be able to sneak into the old fourteen team playoffs or oh, whatever. Oh, fourteen now. team <laughs> playoff now. There you go. So let's um, let's let's move on. Uh, I I want to get into a few um, of these um, draft. Prospects. And okay. I really, I really want to, I really want to break some of these down, and I really want to go through and 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 find out what your thoughts are on each one of these. So I have, I have five of the best wide receivers in this draft on my list here, and I want, I want to hear what you think about these. So I'm gonna go from the top of my draft and where I think they are gonna land, and I want, I, 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 I want to know what you think about this okay so my first wide receiver i believe is going to go is going to go at about 12 to 13 anywhere between tampa oakland um denver somewhere around there it's going to be jerry judy now jerry judy is an amazing talent from Alabama he is a he, he's pretty quick he's at 445 he had, a, he had 1100 yards he was uh, Alabama's top wide receiver with 10 10 touchdowns last year what are your thoughts um if he is if he lands say in uh, Oakland you know at, at the 12th pick there if if you know yeah so I mean happens. I agree with you Jerry Judy definitely number one wide receiver uh, actually I heard today on the news or on Twitter not the news the Twitter is my news but I heard that the Broncos are actually trying to make moves with the Browns to trade up to number 10, 
Most people yep. think they're going to try to trade up so that they can get a wide receiver. So yep. interesting. To go, go along with that pair in uh, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, there. correct. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I watched some film on him today. I started writing no- down notes and started acting like I was Mel Kuyper. We went doing draft analysis, which was hilarious. Wow. But um, he obviously he has the ability to make plays and he can make defenders miss. I think he has like a nickname of ankle breaker. If you watch him when he gets sure. in the open field, he's really good at breaking sure. uh, defenders ankles with his jukes. Uh, he has good hands. He's a great route runner and he's definitely pretty physical. Now he's not the fastest guy out there, but he's six one one ninety three. doesn't need to be that fast. You know, he's a physical body. He's kind of like Calvin Ridley. That's what I would like, you know, compare him to, you know, he's not as big as Julio Jones. He's more of a Calvin Ridley size, but he runs good routes. He can get physical. You can, you know, do screen passes, bubble screens, but he also can run great routes to post corner, stuff like that. So he's definitely really good. Um, So, so if you, if you, if you compare him as you did to Calvin Ridley, which I believe is a, is is a, a good number two wide receiver. I don't believe Calvin Ridley is a, as a top-tier wide receiver, do you think Jerry Judy will get to that top-tier wide receiver level? I think he has the ability to. I just I, I said Calvin Ridley because I was thinking of Alabama wide receivers that were not Julio Jones. I mean, Julio Jones yeah. is a ridiculous physical it's hard to come, specimen. It's hard to come by Julio right. Jones. But, I mean, he would probably fit perfectly in, like, this is a Bronco fan wet dream. But Cortland Sutton is a bigger, you know, Julio Jones-type player. And then you'd have Jerry Jerry Judy being the, the one, 1A to the 1B, essentially, you know. And he would be – they both would be number ones, but they would complement each other well. That's how a good wide receiver core usually is. you got a bigger guy. He could be your goal line guy. He's huge. He's physical. You have the other guy who's kind of playing underneath, bubble screen, stuff like that. A lot of the wide receivers I've noticed in the draft are almost all the same type of wide receiver. You know, they're they're good at they're good at route running, but they're good at bubble screens, uh, and they're good at being um, fast and um, like slippery in the open field. I guess so. A lot of a lot of a lot of very elusive uh, wide receivers there. Okay, so moving on, let's go to my 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 number two wide receiver that I think will be drafted this year. That really needs this. Could, he he. Th- this wide receiver could also fall in between ten to twelve, mm-hmm. anywhere in between there. Say Oakland, San Francisco, which could be which could be deadly. They're looking for another wide receiver there, in San Francisco at thirteen. So thanks to thanks to Indianapolis, they gave that one away. Um, <laughs> this wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. From Oklahoma. Now this guy, he is not the fastest, but he is tall. He's lanky. He's 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 an all-around physical wide receiver, and mm-hmm. I love this guy. He, you know, thirteen hundred yards. You know, fourteen TDs. You know, sixty sixty some catches. So I I think that I think that he is was he's not he wasn't built in an NFL offense, but I think he has the ability to get to an NFL offense. What do you, what is your take on uh, CD Lamb? Yeah, I agree with you. I, after number one, it was hard for me to put any certain wide receiver in any order. Um, mm-hmm. I was flip-flopping him. I got him at number three, which doesn't really matter what I say, but again, physical, I agree with that. He is physical. Uh, he's shown the willingness to block for the run game, which is huge as a wide receiver. If you're going to, you know, be out there trying to sure. get balls Absolutely. and catch touchdowns. You got to show you can run block too. Absolutely, run block. Um, Absolutely. He has the same big playability as most of these other ones do. You know, he gets out into the open field. He can break a tackle or two and and get moving down the field. 
Uh, he has good hands. He has a good route tree, uh, good footwork uh, coming off the ball, stuff like that. And, yeah, he's good in space, just like what I was saying. So, yeah, I, I think he's definitely number two or number three for sure. He's he's amazing, and he has some big playability and is good. So i got a question. If C.D. Lamb falls to San Francisco at 13, yeah. What what are San Francisco's chances of repeating next year? Because that is a top wide receiver, and he is for sure, I'm for sure going to be in a lot of big plays next year if he falls there. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I could see it. They they have somewhat of a clear path to the NFC. I don't know anything could happen. It's going to be the you know the the Saints are basically the same team, so that's going to be hard for them to you know that's going to be an interesting matchup, but. The, the young wide receiver core, I mean, it'd be Debo Samuel, number one, and C.D. Lamb. That's kind of a young wide receiver core, uh, you know. Um, Ken, uh, they got Kendrick Bourne. That okay, I think is Kendrick that Bourne and, and they um, got, you know, um, what's his name, Marquise Goodwin. and So I don't Marquise know. I mean, Goodwin is a good... that would be a pretty, uh, you know, interesting wide receiver core. You know, again, if Jimmy Garoppolo, to, uh... Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't miss Emmanuel Sanders on that wide open – Pass. They won the Super it's whole, Bowl. So. It's, a whole, it's a whole. It's a whole new game. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole. That's the, that. That game's over. So I, I just want to give a shout out. Um, I went to high school with uh, Mr. Raheem Mostert, the running back for uh, San Francisco. Oh, really? Started running back. Yes, sir. I did. I Mr. didn't Mr. know Beach that. High school. Yeah, yes, sir. We did. I, I, I went to school with him, me and my wife. Nice. Um, He's good. Yeah, I, tra- I I transferred out of the high school and I went to a different high school to play soccer, but uh, for you know for sports reasons but yeah we uh i hung out with him when i was a kid i i played in the backyard with him he's played in my backyard so dang uh i'm good 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 friends there with uh raheem Mostert. very cool so just a shout out there to him uh hometown hero um so let's uh let's go let's go number three my number three is probably gonna throw you a little bone here it's gonna throw you a little throw you a little off justin jefferson from lsu 61202 big physical now i think he's going to fall i think this guy could fall to denver which at about 15 which could which is great for you i don't think i honestly i don't think denver needs to trade up that far because i think some of these i think i have my my five wide receivers are all going to go in the first first round to the early second round. These 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 wide receivers these this year are very very talented in, in this draft, and there's so much talent to be had, and a lot of a lot of teams are looking for this talent, and I think Denver is going to be in a great place at 15 there to grab one of these five at at any point in time. So, and I think I think Justin Jefferson is their man, alongside Cortland Sutton. L- listen to this. This man had 111 catches last season. At fifteen hundred and forty yards with eighteen touches, eighteen catches in the end zone. This man is an all-around physical NFL wide receiver, and and did I mention he runs a four-four-three forty? What do you got on Justin Jefferson? It's funny you said this might surprise me. Your number three, but actually my number two wide receiver is Justin Jefferson. 
Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, okay. so I, I just have him and C.D. Lamb kind of flipped, and that was kind of a hard one for me. But I definitely agree with all that. I mean, 6'1", 202. I've watched a lot of LSU games last year because I kind of hopped on the bandwagon uh, because it was mm-hmm. easy to, and they were playing a lot of primetime spots. So kind of hopped on that bandwagon. But he definitely stood out for me. Um, he has great hands. He can go up and get the ball. He's one of those guys that can do that. He can be a burner. He has the, the right footwork and route running that he can beat you on a go route uh, to get out there and, and beat you down the field. Uh, he is faster than you think, like you said, 4-4-3. You know, a lot of people didn't think he was as fast, and I think in the combine he no. ran that 4-4-3, yeah. which everyone was really surprised about. Being, um, being as tall as he is and as much as he weighs, I don't think anybody was expecting that 4-4-3. He, he came out of that gate and he was moving. Right, and he has and that, he has really, that break, break tackle ability. He's really good. So that that's the that's the one for me. You know, uh, he passed the eye test when I was watching him play this last season. You can check my Twitter. I mean, I have plenty of tweets about my love for Justin Jefferson. Uh, I definitely think he is up there, and he's kind of an under-the-radar kind of guy. You know, a lot of people are yeah. so in love with the Alabama guys or this mm-hmm. guy or that guy, and he kind of is floating under the radar. Um, you know, he, he was playing alongside, uh, I believe, Jamar Chase is the other wide receiver at LSU yep, who was a sophomore. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, and I think he flew a little bit under the radar just because that guy was also playing out of his mind. So um, definitely, definitely love Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I think uh, I actually I uh, want to mention that Jamar Chase guy. He was actually he's actually stood out to me as a sophomore. You know, watching watching the studs of Joe Burrow and Ed, Edwards Hilaire and Justin Jefferson and um, all the uh, all the talent they had there at LSU. And he he definitely is gonna is gonna be somebody next year to uh, to, to to really watch out for definitely. coming to the draft. I I, th- I think if he has a great year next year with a so I I don't know who they got back there at quarterback now, um, but I think if he has a good year, he's gonna he, he's gonna be a great uh, NFL draft prospect. So watch Def- out for him, definitely. Jamar Chase. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on moving here. Um, my fourth wide receiver in, in on, on on my on my top five list here is the opposite of Jerry Judy and his counterpart, um, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is the fastest wide receiver in this league he was i think third second or third fastest man in the in the combine at a four at a blazing four two seven um he was very very undershadowed or very overshadowed by jerry judy um he only had 40 catches so 750 yards and only seven tds which seven tds is not not too shabby um but the man is a pure speedster he gets behind people he's a he's only 511 188 pounds He's a Tyreek Hill. He's he's a quick slot, elusive receiver, and he's gonna. He, he reminds me of a Julian Edelman. You know, small, quick. He's got great hands. He gets in between people, and he's gonna be a devastation to whoever grabs him. At you know, say I, I got him going at about twenty first to twenty about twenty to twenty five, which I think Philly would be about the first team that really needs a wide receiver that could jump on that and. That that could be, you know, that could be another, you know, another just weapon for Carson Wentz to sling that ball around. So right. What do you got? What do you think about my uh, my pick here, my fourth one? Yeah. Rugs? You know, Tyreek Hill esque. That's a good comparison. You know, he's fast. He's a, he's elusive. Uh, he's not an elite route runner. You know, he doesn't run a whole huge route tree. I saw a lot of his 
uh, big plays Absolutely. where a lot of just, you know, nine routes burning people. But, you know, yeah. he if you get him into the open field, then it's game over. Like, you know, yeah, if very, he's out very, there very and it's by himself, he's gone. So very, very he's going to be good for nice gadget plays, end arounds, bubble screens, screens, stuff like that. Uh, kind yeah. of, you know, which is what they do with the modern uh, smaller NFL receivers anyway. They get him involved like that so they can get him the ball in open field and let their speed do the talking. So. The, new, the new flex, the new flex player. Exactly. So I agree. I agree with everything you said there. Uh, definitely number four. And uh, he's definitely got some more to learn. But, you know, just like Tyreek Hill, it took him some time. But now he is uh, yeah. electric. Electric, electrifying. He's probably one of the most electrifying players in the NFL. Right. I mean, anybody, anybody would welcome him with open open arms. So let's move on. My last, my last top five, and I have. I, I'm also going to give you two sleeper wide receivers for this draft. Okay. My fifth wide receiver, I think, is going to be taken, and I love this guy. I'm, I'm in love with this man. And I I can't wait to see where he goes. It's Chase Claypool. Okay. He is. He's going to bring back. The height for wide receivers. He's 6'4", 238. This man is a monster. He could be a tight end. He's huge. He's big. He's tall. He's physical. He's got great hands. Um, he had 13 TDs last year, 66 catches, and 1,000 yards. So, I mean, the man is not, not to mess with here. And also, he runs a 4'4", 240. Wow. He is lightning. He's lightning quick at that speed. Or at, at that height, excuse me, at 6'4", 238. A man's running a 4'4", the same as Jerry Judy. He's faster than Jerry Judy. He ran a 40 faster than one of the fastest wide receivers we got. So what is your take? I know that you I, – I don't know if you know too much about Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, but what do you got on him, say, going by – I have him going 30th to you know Green Bay. Green Bay is looking for a new wide receiver as Randall Cobb has left. So what do you got? Or Randall Cobb's been gone. Excuse me. Uh, who'd they get rid of? Was it uh, yeah, Geronimo Allison? Yeah, yeah. So what is your take on maybe a big boy wide receiver, Chase Claypool, coming there? Yeah, you know, I don't know much about him. Didn't see much uh, Notre Dame games. You know, a lot of the lists that I've been reading, mock drafts, you know, he wasn't even near the top ten. So that's what I was kind of taken aback by this guy on your list. Um, you know, obviously he does seem to be, you know, fast. Uh, he's got some good uh, height and weight, but, you know, it's un- he's a senior. He played at Notre Dame, you know. That's kind of iffy in my book. You know, you don't get much, a lot of, I guess Will Fuller played well, at Notre Dame don't, too. Don't, but... don't knock Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a great season last year. Don't, don't knock Notre Dame. Though. I mean, he definitely looks and has the stats. You know, I'd have to definitely try to dig more into this his man, uh, This man is going to This man is gonna be a stuff. red zone devastation. Red zone devastation. Okay, Let's... for anyone. If he jumps, if he goes to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, you got to be joking. Yeah, no, this definitely. This is gonna this that's gonna be a devastation for somebody. And I, if he goes to where I think he's gonna go at like Green Bay, that's gonna be uh, amazing. That's gonna be an amazing pick for Green Bay. They got they got to have somebody to go along with Devontae Adams. Yeah, you, you can't just do everything. you have him so high up on the li- on your list compared to other lists that I read that he wasn't even on my radar. Now, if we want to get crazy with some picks here. Guy that stood out to me, um, Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims. Dude, uh, I have I have him as a sleeper. Six um, he's... six three two oh seven. Okay. 
Uh, you know, he was 66 catches, 1,020 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, he's more of that prototypical wide receiver that I like to see, 6'3", you know, 210, uh, bigger physical body guy, can go up and get the ball uh, on the in the, goal, or in the goal line stand, stuff like that, goal line offense, red zone. That's the word I'm looking for, red zone. Yeah. Uh, he has decent routes, good hands, can break tackles, good field awareness, stuff like that. So I definitely liked him being a little bit higher on the list. Uh, but after those top, like, four or five, it's kind of mucky and could be, you know, whatever – uh, yeah, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of there's a lot of wide receiver talent at this draft. Um, a lot of quarterback and wide. There's so much wide receiver talent. Um, I have my other sleeper one. I'm, I'm uh, you, you took uh, Denzel Mims. I have T Higgins from Clemson, six four two sixteen. He's tall. He's lanky. He's got great hands. He's he. It's uh, 1,100 yards, 13 TDs, you know, 60 catches. So he's 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 not shabby at all. He he's a I think he's an NFL ready wide receiver, and I think anybody's gonna love to love to come up on him. And I don't think anybody's gonna trade up to get somebody like him. You know, he's not one of the top five. You know, elite. I don't think he's one of the elite wide receivers coming out. He's gonna be a great number two. Um, so I think he's gonna at six four. You know, those are hard to come by at big tall good wide receivers now. So. He uh, he's gonna be somebody to mess with too. So I uh, I have him as a sleeper. Wherever he goes is gonna be a great acquisition for anyone. Yeah, definitely so agree. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. What, what, what no, are you I, no, I agree with everything you said. Definitely, he's he's gonna be good. Okay, cool. So let's. Um, I have I do this every segment or every uh, show. I have the new uh, fan question zone. It's called the fan zone. Welcome to the fan zone. We have a new question this week. Uh, let's see what you got on this. This comes from Tony in Florida. She says, what are the things that NFL coaches look for most in a wide receiver in the draft? Size? Speed? What do you got? Uh, what do you say? I think, you know, it depends on the type of offense they're running and the fit they need, you know. Like I was kind of saying earlier, the Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley type of scenario, you know. If you need one of those big body, bigger guys to be that goal line um, back or goal line uh, wide receiver and you, you're going to go get a big old guy who can run good routes and go up and get the ball. If you need a speedy guy that you can do end arounds with, uh, you know, bubble screen stuff like that to fit with your uh, other big wide receiver, then that's what you're going to go get for. You know, obviously you're not going to draft a very slow wide receiver. Speed's always good. But if they can just run fast and can't run any routes and can't block and can't do anything else, then they, you know, Marquise Goodwin type. He was a track star. He's super fast, but his route running ability and other other things aren't as good. So, you know, it depends on the fit and what you're looking for. That's my my take on it. Absolutely. Well, I, I I agree with a lot of that. Um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna jump in and try to answer this as well. I think that that size. I think that most NFL quarter or NFL coaching staff and NFL um, franchises are looking for all around in pretty much every position. You, you you know what I'm saying? They're not just they're not just looking. Hey, he's fast. All right, let's go grab him. No, they're looking for a bunch of attributes that equal out to everything they're looking for you know so i i think that you know a good wide receiver should be about six foot to six three yeah you know that's a decent that's a decent you know if you're under that then you're a slot receiver you're not a big time outside wide receiver at and you know you got you got to be able to run a four four five you gotta you gotta have a good bit of speed on you You can't be a four six 
a four six guy and, and be able to make it in this league. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has speed. Everyone has speed. Defensive backs, linebackers, everyone, linemen. Like, like, uh, ha, uh, did you watch Makai Becton? Uh, yeah, this I saw man that. is a man is a freak. How are you gonna run a five four forty at three hundred and sixty pounds? Yeah, it's, you know it's that's insane. Everybody's getting fast. So, and I, I think I think from about one. 190 to about 205, 210 is a is a perfect weight limit to, to 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 be a physical and good wide receiver, so that you're not so skinny. And yeah, we got the Robbie Andersons of the league that just fly down the field and they're skinny and they're easy to tackle. But I think that is a good barometer on how they should, or I think they would look at things. And yes, of course, speed matters. Of course, size matters. Of course. And the biggest thing, can they catch the football? Yeah. I mean, I don't care if Tariq Hill's the fastest guy in the world. Can he catch the football? Right. You know, if you can't catch the football, I, I could I, I care about any of your attributes at all. And so that's why a lot of these wide receivers on my list are, 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 are they're ball catchers. They're not just fast. They're not just tall. They're not just the best wide receiver on the team. They're, they're, they're ball catchers, and they, they get in the end zone. They make space. And it's, there's a lot of things that I think go into what NFL coaches look for in a wide receiver in a draft. Definitely. It's not just one thing or the other. So, so I am, I'm actually going to um, hand my uh, hosting job over here to Corey and uh, let's keep on this show going and see what we got. Bob. That was a great question, by the way. I love that question made us think. Um, Thank you, Tony. We uh, are definitely spent a lot of time on those uh, rookie wide receivers. Uh, so we'll see about how much we get in at the end of the show here, but I want to go and do our new poll question for this week since it's wide receiver, uh, themed this week, the poll question is going to be a wide receiver question. So, which wide receiver would be the best wide receiver if they played in today's game or the era that we're in today, the pass happy era of today? You know, protecting the quarterback, protecting the offense for higher scoring points. So, our choices are, and I just picked these guys off of the all time receiving list uh, Tim Brown, Steve Largent, or Chris Carter. So got three guys there. Wow, that's a, that's a list. It's, yeah, they're they're all at least top ten uh, all time yards, I believe. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, let's see what we would think. Uh, I could see Steve Largent being a Wes Welker, you know, Julian Edelman uh, type kind of guy. You know, he he basically was that already. Uh, but you know, I could just see that he would even be better, getting a lot of catches. You know, over a hundred. Uh, or over 100 receptions every year, you know, 1,000 yards. So I definitely could see him being pretty good. No, absolutely. I, uh, I'm, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of these. I, I think all three of these could be, you know, top five, top ten wide receivers in the league every year, if, you know, the way the, the way they play nowadays. So you can't, you, can't, you can't touch anybody. You can't even barely tackle people now. So I think all these guys are physical. They're, they're, they're just classic class wide receiver so i would love to i'd love to see the uh the results next week for this yeah question. hopefully we get a, a bunch of votes and we get uh more uh diverse uh answers to the poll i don't want to see just one guy running away with it like last time so make sure you head yeah, over to the twitter uh i believe it's at fantasy s book that's the twitter to vote on this poll fantasy s book yeah so now speaking of fantasy we're going to go over to some fantasy football talk a time where we played fantasy football for the love of the game that reduced the game that we loved to points. Amen. Amen. And 
And Ooh. since it's wide receivers, we're sticking on the wide receiver stuff. Wide um, receiver week. It's I love this because I could just talk about wide receivers forever. But, yeah, if you guys didn't know, I meant to mention this at the beginning, but I played a little ball back in the day, and I was a wide receiver, you know, 6'3", uh, 185 was my uh, my uh, measurables. I ran up. Wow. I ran up five six forty. Okay, so you're just. Uh, I was there to block. The I was there to the block. Barometer. I was. Yeah, you're I was there the to block for the height. The weight was okay, but man, that speed! I'll tell you what, son. I I was wow. there to run block, and I caught it. I caught two touchdowns that year, though. So don't you, don't worry about that. You and uh, you and Tom Brady are uh, are about the same yep. speed, you know. Yeah. So uh, last year, best fantasy wide receivers PPR. Uh, Mike Michael Thomas was number one. My guy can't guard Mike. Of course. Uh, number two, Chris Godwin. Uh, number three, yep. DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Number four, Julio Jones, and number five, Julian Edelman. So, based on this list, who's going to be in there, who's not going to be in there, who's going to make an appearance in there? Okay, well, let me start. Michael Thomas is definitely, definitely going to be in there. I think Chris Godwin is still going to be in there. He's going, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to fight for those top five spots. I, I think both of them are going to. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously going to be in there. I think Julio and Julian Edelman are going to take a little backstop. I think Julian Edelman is definitely going to take a uh, – a back step in the fantasy sports, um, fa- the, the fantasy football next year. He's not going to be as valuable as I, you know, as he was this year. Julio Jones is up. What was that? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Julio Jones, I think, um, is, is he's always a he could be a top fantasy guy this week, and he could be a two and a half points this guy next week. So I think. Julio Jones could be a good, an easy fluctuated off of this top five list. But I have the three are Mike Thomas, Chris Godwin, and DeAndre Hopkins will absolutely stay on this list. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I think Julio is going to be there. He's always there. Uh, you know, bearing an injury, you know, he's got Matt Ryan. They they got basically the same offense. They got Hooper now instead of. Uh, or no, they don't have Hooper now. They got someone else. But, no, Hooper went to Cleveland. Sorry, yeah, I messed that up. But anyway, Julian Edelman, depends on who's throwing him the ball. You know, Right now, they are kind of in limbo with who their quarterback is. And if it's not you know, a, a Jameis Winston or a Cam Newton or something like that, then I don't see Edelman doing what he did uh, last year. So he's definitely not going to be top five unless he gets one of those quarterbacks. You know, If one of those two guys, maybe an Andy Dalton, comes in, then I could see it because he's going to be the number one. He's going to have a somewhat proven veteran quarterback throwing him the ball. Uh, so there's a chance for that. Uh, but, you know, Mike Evans was hurt for a little bit, so I definitely see him getting back up there. And, I mean, the rest of the list, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, uh, DJ Moore, those guys kind of round out uh, the top 12 I don't know. It, really, it's a throw up. I, I you know? really love. I really love Kenny Kenny Galladay. I just want to throw that out there. He's a he's a great young talent. Yeah, I I, I like him a lot too. He uh, he definitely is a is a good wide receiver. So I mean, maybe you know, go jump from nine to five. I don't know if if that's possible. Matt Stafford again was hurt from a couple of games at the end of the year. Was playing with a broken back or something like that. Yeah, he still know? managed to get some fifteen to sixteen touchdowns or whatever. Was. He right. So number one touchdowns. I mean, still. whole season with Matt Stafford again. There's a good chance he gets up there. I think Keenan Allen, depending on his quarterback, is. Uh, yeah. You know, he might drop down. I know Tyrod Taylor said he's going to prove people wrong, but he's been trying to prove people wrong for a 
quite a long time and hasn't been working. So that's, I don't know. Any like sleepers that are going to pop up there? Do you think? Um, yeah, uh, I have a few ideas on a few wide receivers that could be like, um, that could be sleepers. Yeah. (sighs) Who are they? I had a brain fart. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, a Stefan Diggs. Um, I have Stefan Diggs on this top five list. He is definitely going to be breaking into this without a doubt. He is going to be a top pass catcher, um, in the league. And, my other one is his old counterpart is Adam Thielen. Oh yeah, and okay. He, Adam Thielen catches every damn ball that that comes his way. He doesn't drop anything, and his yards are there to prove it. His touchdowns, he is the top threat. He was the top threat when they had Stephon Diggs, and he's an elite wide receiver. So, those two, I believe, are the last two that could just sleepers that could jump right in. He was injured a lot last year. Um. But if he's healthy this year, he will be a top five wide receiver. Yeah, he's definitely going to be the only person for uh, Kirk Cousins to throw it to. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Him and Tajay Sharp, so quite the duo Which there. I still, I still don't think Tajay is going to have the the output that even Stephon Diggs did. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It's more. I'm just making jokes at this point now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, talking more fantasy stuff, we're looking at fantasy drafts. So. I just kind of want to go over some uh, uh, cautions when drafting wide receivers. You know, wide receivers can be some of the bigger um, busts or, uh, you know, go off one, like you said with Julio, go off one week, be a bust the next week. So just some cautions when you're going to go in to draft some wide receivers for fantasy drafts. Yeah, um, I, I have, there's a huge caution with drafting fantasy wide receivers and it's it's only because there are so many wide receivers that can blow up this week and then but the quarterback's not going to throw the ball to you you know next week and i think that a lot of times everyone takes a deandre hopkins and expects 20 points out of him each week just like michael thomas you Michael Thomas, he did get you 20 points last year game, and you do expect that every week, but even Michael Thomas has his weeks where he only got 10 to 11 points, which is still a decent turnout for a wide receiver, but you go and you you go and you go get your Adam Thielen. You go and you get your Stephon Diggs and your, your Amari Cooper, and they have their weeks where they're busted, and, 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 they're, and, they're, and they're great, but then what you need is I, I always caution people go and grab that 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 number two wide receiver for that team you know say because Michael Gallup I don't know if you Michael Gallup had more t- more catches and more yards mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the touchdowns than Amari Cooper but Amari Cooper is a big man he's a big boy threat say Stephon Diggs same thing he's a big he's a big threat but Adam Thielen has everything yeah you know what I'm saying and that's a big caution that I really worry on sometimes even when i'm drafting is is even in FanDuel and and everything each week is 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 this wide receiver on this team gonna do it this week or 
is he just going to be a bust? Right. There's always a chance for that. So I definitely think, you know, what you're saying, you know, the first wide receiver you pick, usually it's going to be one of those guys, Julio, Michael Thomas, DeAndre, one of the bigger guys. And you're going to have to live with that because that's going to be your first pick. And they are going to have weeks where they put up eight or 10, but they're going to be weeks where they put up nearly 30 points. So that's something yep. to live by. When you're, when you're, when you're drafting your second, third wide receivers, I'm always looking for guys that are consistent, you know, that are going to be putting up, and especially if you're playing PPR, half-point PPR, guys that are getting averaging five to six catches a game, and maybe they're only getting 50 to 60 yards, but, you know, that's 12 points or, you know, 10 points, and if they get a touchdown, you know, then you're feeling pretty good about them. So my main my main, my main deal with, with getting a number two wide receiver, and sorry for interrupting you here, but my main deal with getting a number two wide receiver is always I always try to go and I get a slot receiver because most slot receivers get a lot of lot a lot, a lot of balls thrown to them, a lot of a lot of attempts, and most of them catch them because they're good they're they're good pass catchers. And I I, I strongly suggest people go and try to grab a slot receiver that they know, say a Michael Gallup, just like I said, and a Tyreek Hill, that because Tyreek Hill is not. Just with the uh, a caution, just with with Kansas City. Would you go draft any of the Kansas City wide receivers other than Tyreek Hill? Uh, probably not. But yeah, Tyreek uh, Hill is a top ten wide receiver, though. He's a top ten wide receiver, but you got to think every week Tyreek Hill is not going to produce you twenty five points because you got a Sammy Watkins, you got a Demarcus Robinson, and you got a Tyreek Hill, and you got all the other ones, a Pringle, and all those other ones that could jump out and catch the football that Patty Mahomes tosses the ball around to. Yeah. You know, I like to find teams that a quarterback loves one big wide receiver a lot. You know, they go deep to him. Like Matt, Matt Ryan, you know his target is Julio Jones. That's his number one target. He's looking for him on each play. If it doesn't happen, he had Calvin Ridley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of times, everybody doubled up on Julio. Who does that leave? Calvin Ridley had a ton of points, like you said. But is he a number one ride receiver? No. No. He's a number two at best. So it's 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 really important to look at your number two wide receivers because that's where a lot of your points can come from. Yeah, and that's all I was really saying is, you know, consistency, how consistent they are. If they're – you know, there's going to be number two wide receivers that go games without any uh, catches. Uh, so that's just something to, you know, look uh, towards. You got a drag race going on outside your house or what? Jesus. Dude. <laughs> I don't understand uh, this. I'm in, I live in the hood over here. Let me close No, it's, it's all good, man. I mean, that's, Jeez, I think, most of, uh, you know, what I got to say about drafting wide receivers. Um, and, you know, with that, you know, I think we remind them, the poll question, go vote on the poll question. Uh, who is the best wide receiver out of these three that would be the best this year, Steve Largent, Tim Brown, or Chris Carter? So head over to the Twitter, uh, at Fantasy S Book, to vote on that poll. Make sure you follow us. Uh, we'll follow back because we, you know, we're starting off now. You can also follow me at RockCory9 on Twitter. I'm doing a lot of stuff over there. And, Brandon, where can they find you at, Squirrel? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Brandon Squirrel Sap. That's uh, squirrels in parentheses. Um, you can find me there. I'm on uh, Facebook at Brandon Sap on my Facebook. So, How do you um, spell Brandon on Twitter? Because I know you spell it weird. It's, uh, no, I should. You fixed it? it? It's, it's, yeah, it's fixed. It's okay. B-R-A-N-D-O-N. 
parenthesis squirrel parenthesis sap s a p p okay you, earlier you know it was b r a n d n and i couldn't find you but we and got then, it fixed uh, yeah now. you guys can you guys can come on facebook you can find me you can go on the uh, squirrel sports um blog or the fantasy sports book you can hit me up there and i'll respond to pretty much any questions you guys got yeah hit us up dm us tell us what you guys think but uh thanks for listening that does it for us all right guys thank you so much later